0: Hello everyone, this is Nube coming to you from uh, KPOO San Francisco 89.5 and on the World Wide Web at kpoo.com. This is Prison Focus Radio and uh, to this morning we are going to have a variety of voices. We'll be reading a letter or two perhaps and um, I do just want to send out a lot of um, just love and, and um uh, just support for all of our loved ones and friends and community members that are behind the walls and their families. Um, just know that you do ha- you're do. you not alone in this. You've got a lot of support out here, um, a lot of activism, a lot of advocates, a lot of people that are waking up to what's happening um, behind the walls. And an, an, a better understanding that, um, you know, people that are supposed to, to take care of our loved ones on the inside, CDC, small r., are um they're really just part of a system that doesn't care and um and so I just want you to know though that um you know you're just getting you are getting more support. We know that um you know COVID is running rampant through the prisons. Um, you all told us that this was gonna happen. Here we are so just try and stay as safe as possible. We're trying to help out here to just shine the light on what's happening. Um there is a lot of um there's a lot of pain, there's a lot of worry and it's real. How can, um, and for those of you that are listening that, um, you know, that know about this or, um, maybe you are in a position to help other people understand what's going on so that we can really be, we can spread that support and we can, and spread that love around, um, to help people get through this because, um, you know, there's we we got to put pressure on from all different all different ways, and sometimes it is just support and everything from just getting loud and banging in front of the governor's house, like a group of us did do um, this weekend. A lot of people are doing it. Um, you know, the the movement really. I, I know there's we can call it what we want, but in my view, it's a fight for our humanity. So um, the people that are behind the walls and their families. Are just that. They're our community members. Um, so, whatever we can do, please let's just do it together. Let's do it with radical love. Take care of yourselves um, out here, take care of yourselves in there, um, and let's start trusting one another as well. So, I do want to uh, start the show with um, a voice from the inside, Lewis Powell. Who was interviewed by um, our very own at California Prison Focus co-director Minister King X? Um, this is um, the title of it. is It's on YouTube on uh, Cage Universal YouTube. They still use ten thirties to jam the door. And here at Prison Focus Radio, we are about listening to the voices of those on the inside, their family members, and those who have returned to us. They still use 1030s to jam the door. This is Global TelLink. Link. You have a
1: prepaid call from Lewis
2: Powell. Ladies and gentlemen,
1: thank you for using Global TelLink.
2: Link. Right now, uh, calling from um, State Prison, we have one of the uh, uh, principal thankers here, ladies and gentlemen. And if he do not mind, i like him to weigh in on our subject right now. California is dealing with the COVID virus and it has landed in the prison system. The California hunger strike and members of the Oscar class settlement has suffered enough while in custody of CDCR. These individuals had their constitutional rights violated under the Eighth Amendment ban against cruel and unusual punishment. Their illegal enhanced sentences must not be allowed to become death sentences. So our core demands right here Or 2. Release all adults in CDCR custody who are medically fragile or over the age of 60, starting with the authors of the agreement to end hostilities and followed by the remaining members of the Oscar class and participants of the 211-213 hunger strikes. Apply AB 1448 as intended. And the second one is for those that may uh, feel that, you know, they didn't want to speak out because they might have been sick or they, they was they may be subjected to reprisals. Well, we have uh, uh, demand here the right for the signers of the agreement in hostilities, the members of the Oscar class action and all 2011-2013 hunger strikers to be safe from retaliation. As a result, these demands, as a result of these demands, excuse me, including further torture, isolation, or as laid out in the Prisoners Human Rights Movement blueprint from being coerced, threatened, and blackmailed to betray fellow prisoners with false accusations. Would you like to weigh in on this campaign and on everything that you just heard, sir? Oh, yes. Yes. Uh, I heard most of it.
1: Um. You know, because of long-time uh, solitary confinement, my hearing has deteriorated. I got two hearing aids, but I can't get batteries. So uh, I'll speak on what I heard. Uh, uh, I am one of the reps of... Uh, this call and your telephone number will be monitored and recorded. I am one of the reps of the pelican Bay short quarter that led the 30,000 California prisoners on a hunger strike. And for that reason only, they're retaliating and then recalculating through the border prison term. I'm, I'm 68, I'll be 69 in May. I've spent over 30 years in solitary confinement. I've seen hundreds of individuals uh, go insane, seen individuals commit suicide. Uh, so many individuals just drop dead. Everybody think of terms of physical torture being worse than mental torture. It's not. Mental torture is vicious. Like I said, I'm suffering from sensory deprivation, sleep deprivation, thought deprivation, social culture, and so on. And I'm still suffering from it. And even though I left solitary confinement in uh, 2015, uh, we created a uh, we created the hunger strike to seek relief from solitary confinement. We knew at the end that. Uh, the CDC was gonna state that they couldn't release us to GP because of uh, all the fighting and, and assault that would occur. So we came up with the agreement to end hostility, and it worked. We we uh succeeded in beating the CDC's propaganda against us. There hasn't been a single incident since uh I released from solitary confinement. Now they're punishing us by denying us
2: suitability. Is it okay for us to be acting on your behalf and others' behalf to demand your release and others' alike? Well, you need a, need a strong social activist uh, community out there, and uh, need
1: to not only get it the governor, but getting it different wardens and getting it uh, the border prison term. Uh, the border prison term is the is the main factor. They uh they use uh confidential information at in the ten thirties to deny us. We do not have due process. Once an individual uh put a ten thirty on you, uh, you can't fight it. There's no due process to it. You can't say like I went before the board and, and a week before I went to the board I, I received 25 1030 confidential uh informant uh forms and um uh, and they say they, they they believe every one of them is true i, I received no right of all uh like i said you can't find it there's no due process wow. and so the whole thing is to to try to break me into debriefing and so that's what it comes down to they want everybody political prisoners or whoever progressive minded individuals they want them down as as prison snitches
2: it's the, as simple as that for the people it's the, the, for the people that don't know what debriefing is, can you explain uh, go a little bit into detail what debriefing is uh. or okay. Yes, yeah, uh California pri- uh, prison focus issue fifty three. And for those ladies okay, and gentlemen teacher. Yeah. For the okay, ladies so you read the piece I wrote on debriefing, huh? Yes, sir, I have. You know I have. Okay. This call
1: and your telephone number will be monitored and recorded. So so and re- I would like to I would like to state this real quick. Uh thousands of individuals debriefing they broke And, uh Uh, dude, some snitch. He's individual spent 20 years and old. He couldn't take it no more. He would
2: either lose his mind, go insane, or make up some stories to get out
1: of a uh,
2: solitary confinement. Parole snitch or die? Yeah. So many a time, CDC, you know, they'll hear our demands, but they won't listen to the core demands. So those are supplemental demands. But our core demand is to liberate the elders. So before the phone hang up, I'd like you to go on and close in what you have to say and whatever you want to add into everything dealing with this campaign liberate the elders. Okay. Oh, that should be
1: the issue of uh, individuals 60 years old and older who have actually paid their debt to get the society. And uh, I'm, just one of, I'm just one of thousands of individuals who have paid my debt to So I'm no longer paying a debt to society. I'm paying a debt to a secret confederacy within the CDC. Uh, they make money. You had, they started with the SSU, and then they came up with the IGI, and then the ISU, and the OCS. And uh, the predominant individuals, uh, they got uh, affiliated with gangs.
0: again, that was Lewis Powell Jr. He has been caged for over 34 years now. As you heard, he is 69 years old, considered an elder, um, and he has been denied parole eight times, not because of public, public safety, but simply because CDCR, small r, wants something from him. All right. I'm going to read a a most current piece from my loved one, uh, Comrade Malik, who will be returning to us um, this early September to become the editor of the San Francisco Bayview National Black Newspaper. So here we go. Comrade Malik Speaks, A Black Politicized Prisoner's Perspective by Keith Malik Washington of of IWAC Fight Toxic Prisons. Uh, ABC, UPM, and more. Quote, The Black Revolution is much more than a struggle for the rights of Negroes. It is, rather, forcing America to face all its interrelated flaws. Racism, poverty, militarism, and materialism. It is exposing evils that are rooted deeply in the whole structure of our society. It reveals systematic rather than superficial flaws, and it suggests that radical reconstruction of society itself is the real issue to be faced, unquote, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. In three different zones within the city of Atlanta, Georgia, the police have decided to refuse to answer calls for help from citizens. This is the police's response and form a protest because they do not agree with the charges lodged against their fraternal brethren who participated in the murder of Rashard Brooks. The word on the street is that the cops feel demoralized. How do you feel, when you and I see the police murdering and lynching our sisters and brothers every other week on national TV. These police do not know what the word demoralized means. Try being black in America with three Ks. The key phrase that got my attention during the video where Atlanta police officers executed our brother, the police officer that shot Rashard in the back twice said, I got him. Both my cellmate and I agreed that sounded as if the officer had just bagged a wild animal during a hunting expedition. There was excitement and exhilaration in the tone of the officer's voice. I and many other freedom fighters all across the world are demanding that the police be abolished, defunded, and disbanded because this system is not working for us. I say us, meaning all human beings who are aware, awoke, and have a conscience. I want to ask all of you a question. Don't you think that there are white folks watching these videos of white police murdering black men and women? They are just as tired as we are. The police have lost their mandate from the people. The police have lost their legitimacy. When we the people created the police, did we give them license to kill with impunity? Well, our protests have now become large and mostly peaceful, yet CNN and Fox News do not get very excited about covering peaceful Black Lives Matter protests. Why is that? Hello, Alison camarada. can you hear me now? I hear President Donald J. Trump speaking about the good officers. Where were the good officers when Derek Chauvin had his knee on George Floyd's neck? Watch closely now how CNN and Fox News both seize upon the violent anarchist and Antifa narrative. Did you see them? I find it very biased and strange that CNN and Fox News couldn't find an anti-fascist or anti-racist academic or journalist who knew anything about anarchism. Off the top of my head... I can think of at least 10 or more qualified and competent academics, journalists, or activists that CNN or Fox News could have interviewed. Walida Amarisha, Natasha Leonard, Ella Fassler, Aviva Stahl, Glenn Greenwald, Professor Victor Wallace, Ph.D., Michael Novick, Brian Sonnenstein, Jared Ware, and Amani Sawari. No one wants to talk about the incredible support work that anarchists and anti-fascists continue to do inside America's prisons. No one wants to talk about the social justice work. Anarchists, socialists, anti-fascists, and anti-racists helped to bring out the spirit of selflessness, compassion, and empathy that was hidden inside of me. I'm still waiting for U.S. Attorney General William Barr to have a primetime news conference describing how the Department of Justice and the FBI have classified the Boogaloo Boys a domestic terrorist organization. Don't hold your breath. Here we have another example of the, quote, wink and nod to white supremacists in America that continue to engage in over-the-top amount of violence. But, of course, there isn't systemic racism in the U.S., ha-ha. Let's look at the objective facts, An active-duty Air Force tech sergeant murdered a federal security officer in Oakland, California, David Patrick Underwood, murdered in cold blood by a member of the Boogaloo Boys. When the Boogaloo's murdered a police sergeant in Santa Cruz, California, we must analyze what is going on in the United States, the literal lynching of black men in public parks in California. The Boogaloo Boys want to create the conditions in order to foment a modern-day civil war. Pay attention, sisters and brothers. We hear how voting can change things. However, I study the concrete conditions on the ground, and right now I'm seriously questioning the legitimacy of the voting process. Brian Kemp was the Secretary of State in Georgia before he stole the gubernatorial election from Stacey Abrams. In just about every state in the union, the Secretary of State is commissioned with ensuring the integrity of the voting process. That was Brian Kemp's job before he became governor of Georgia. I want you to think critically now. The Secretary of State has a duty to ensure that all votes are counted and that all citizens have unobstructed access to the ballot box. Did any of you see what happened a few weeks ago during the Georgia primary? Black people were hindered from voting, yet we have people telling us that all our troubles can be fixed by voting. I'm not telling people not to vote. I'm just asking that we think about tearing down this system and replacing it with something that works for all of the people. In closing, sisters and brothers, I want to say this. If we, as a collective, demand that the police be abolished, then what does a world without police look like? Do you understand what I'm asking? We must create an alternative. For instance, instead of police, we create community protection squads. There are still going to be individuals and groups that want to take things that aren't theirs and hurt human beings. Just because we abolish, defund, and dismantle the police does not mean our world will be perfect. With that said, we must now come up with realistic solutions in order to prepare for the new society we all envision. Personally, I believe the Black Writers Liberation Party already have an organization and ideas that can help us address some of our problems. I'm opening this topic up for discussion among all like-minded people. The police system is illegitimate. The voting process is broken. The healthcare system is in shambles. The U.S. president has lost the confidence of a majority of the people and is now planning on how he and his sycophants can steal the November 2020 election. White supremacists have infiltrated the U.S. military, U.S. police departments, and are actively employed in U.S. prisons and jails. When are we going to talk about that? I won't remain silent. Will you dare to struggle, dare to win? All power to the people. Okay, that was Comrade Malik, and you can always find more of his writings on his his site at comrademalik.com. Now we're going to take a musical break. Yeah!
3: Yes, Malayan,
0: Youngest veteran. Welcome in suicide, cause you've been
3: denied of your 9 to 5 year into. And me. you're over 10 and watch CNN and believe everything you're into. 35 and you still survive, I go punk on a side, yeah. Into and you're 55 and don't have a child for your joy and your pride, yeah. Into and you're riding a freak and she love how you treat and your condom deplete, yeah. into. And just say, baby, please, and you're weak in the knees and kick off and release, yeah. into. Then you get from the streets, so you're full of disease and you start to sneeze, yeah. into. And months deep. and for weeks, all food you not eat and your waist start decreasing, yeah. into. So don't be into this. Things is fiestas when you a freezer. Yeah. Into and you want a bleach and you jump asleep on machine a bleacher. Yeah. Into you I hype like your fling and they might life life, yeah. and a no live gangster life here. Into and I run off your beat and your thing go breach and bad man go seer. Into 10 if I want police find you with your peace, and you start to spill your yeah. Into and you get released on a circle you neat and you think it no real yeah. Into them two things go sleep you gotta decide to sneak some coke in your cricket. In too deep, so don't be in too deep, for you be incomplete, when you drop in the street, your way drop in too deep, and don't be in too deep, your mama incomplete, when you drop in the streets. your way drop in too deep, you talk about your wealth and speak of yourself like you're someone else, sir. In when you just start to grow but you think you are broke or you're sitting a into. And worship the bling and deny the king, yeah. Into. too my by the beach, CD and repeat, memorizing my speech, yeah. Into deep, so don't be in too deep. For you we incomplete when you're in the street. You we chop in too deep. And don't be in too deep. Your poop incomplete when you're chopping the street. You we chop in too Welcome deep. commit suicide, car you you've been denied of your 905, yeah. five. deep. And watch CNN and believe everything, yeah And you're 35 and you still survive I get punk on side, yeah And you're 55 and doubt about child VHI and your pride, yeah in And you're riding a freak And she love how you treat. And your condom deplete, yeah And she said, baby, please And you weak in the knees And kick off and release, yeah Then you hear from the streets says you full of disease And you start to sneeze, yeah And months and three weeks All food you not eat And your weight start to crease, yeah in but don't be in too deep, for you we incomplete, when you drop in the street. You a drop in too deep, and don't be in too deep, for you we incomplete, when you drop in the street. You a chop in too And deep. you a against the beast, and when things is peace, that's when you a freezer yeah. And you wanna bleach, and you jump asleep, and gunshot a beach yeah. You deep. exalt and a hype, like you fling and the might, and no live life, yeah. In and bad man go see ya. Then, if you want police, find you with your piece and you start to spill ya. Yeah. Then, you get released, man, I circle your need and your it no real here yeah. You go decide for sneaks from coke in your pre kits. And deep. go overseas, and yeah. spend time you reach, start your reach starts before your pre season. Into deep, so don't be in too deep. deep. For you, wait.
0: Just joining us. You are listening to Prison Focus Radio here on KPOO San Francisco 89.5. And I want to thank you for joining us this morning. And we are going to get uh, right to it with some more voices from the inside. Here's a bit of history from JB of the Freedom and Justice Center, um, Ubuntu.
4: In the, in the 1980s, the state of California. Um, it hired and consulted firm in Arizona uh, to conduct a evaluation for a CDC task force on shoe uh revolutionary and gangs. Uh, ran by the then San Quentin warden Vasquez. And this consulting firm, which was commissioned in July of 1985, submitted this official report in November of 1986. And that report started out describing that under the old California. Penal ideology, uh, the prison population cooperating, went along with whatever uh, they was told to do, and so things remain as norm in the continuation of <clears throat> of abuses and injustices that was occurring in the California prison system. Then came what this consultant firm described as the sources that politicized, I quote, politicized the prisoners' population, unquote. They said prison population became uh, uh, politicized by outside social movements, which they described as... uh, uh, anti-Vietnam War and Student, student Act uh, 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 for change and <clears throat> they didn't mention but we know of course there was liberation movements going on at the same time so they said the prison population became politicized they said that no longer did prisoners go along with the carrot and stick approach of cooperating and just accepting uh, the, the state of abuse that they was going through and began to demand their human rights. They recommended uh, what the prison guard unions uh, called for was special prisons for, uh, you know, what they say, the black Muslims, uh, militants, uh, black revolutionaries, nationalists, radicals, and they said jailhouse lawyers. Uh, during the mid-86, uh, pri- uh, officials met in Sacramento and it was on the Sacramento Capitol uh, uh, mall steps. It gave a, a, a speech saying they are now taking control of their prisons and uh, no one knew what that meant. Shortly thereafter, they started Uh, Rounding up prisoners, particularly um, uh, uh, black prisoners, and throwing them in solitary confinement, not for not for committing any offense or doing any violation, but because they wanted to remove activists, prison activists, out of the population who would challenge what they was getting ready to uh, roll out, which was the end of term to shoot class. So, uh, shortly thereafter. Uh, they began to build in December of 1986 uh, their first control unit, no shoot called security housing unit in CCI, California Correctional Institution, called Tehachapi. Then in December of 87, they rolled out the next one in California State Prison, New Folsom or Sacramento. Then in December of 88, they rolled out their next one, which was a little bit more uh, 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 restrictive than the first two at California State Prison, Corcoran. And then finally in December of 89, they opened up the granddaddy of all, Supermax Prison known as Pelican Bay uh, Security House at the Oregon-California border far away from any uh, communities of, of color Met in Bay Area Or Los Angeles So that the people had no one To uh, come and see what was going on with them These uh, At Pelican Bay was Purchased Or through the bonds California bonds That was uh, Established by A wealthy Donor or uh, contributor named Rockchild uh, that you can read about in the Los Angeles Times series uh, of articles it did on the California prison boom, which they exposed the Rockchild, this Rockchild in Frisco as uh, contributing uh, some billions for bonds, which he got billions and billions back. Pelican Bay Shoe cost $512 million to build uh, they, they estimated approximately 86000 to operate uh, uh, on a daily basis. And uh, they had told the uh, architectures and builders of, of Pelican Bay Shoe that they would only be housing uh, the human occupants in those cells for only 18 months at maximum. They did not tell them nothing that these men would be kept in there until they broke for decades. So when you leave, when you go up to Northern California and you go up into uh, Eureka, or Arcata, the scenery is beautiful. You got the Pacific Ocean front. You got these giant, beautiful redwood trees that's been around for years and decades. And as soon as you come out of down out of that mountains into uh, Del Norte County, uh, Crescent City, and you drive into this 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 area that has been carved out in the middle of the woods, uh, stolen for, from the land of the indigenous tribal people there, you see these white buildings like shaped like an X. And you drive down, and as you going into town, heading toward those buildings, it looked like a little little local west western town where you, you hitched the, the, the horse up to the post. And one of those towns, this was '89. Uh, so when you drive down into uh, Pelican Bay, into on, on the grounds of the building, they have these welcoming committee. The welcoming committee is these these. Riot, these guards and ride gears with shields and everything. And they got uh, these black gloves on. And they want—they they, they let you know that they are the biggest gang in California. This is what they tell you, uh, which later on became known as the Green Wall Gang. And they pulled a guy off, and they were beating mercifully right there in front of the whole uh bus load of other prisoners to see, so about and drag him off into the the, the, uh, the lidded doorway of the the shoe. So as soon as you get off the bus and they escort you into the shoe, you look in to your right or left. There's a little holding holding uh, cages right there, and you see that guy uh, laying on his stomach, aside, uh, a hog tied with with uh, sh- shankle, shackles to his feet. And uh, handcuffed with a bar or some kind of uh, connector device between the the, uh, handcuffs, pulling his arms behind his back, tied to his ankle, and laying on his stomach in a pool of vomit or or blood. That was our introduction into into the Pelican Bay shoe. And then they would drag him off into this uh, unit they had over there called VCU. And that guy... Uh, and they, they would take uh, the rest of the guys over into uh, the, the, the general shoe population, and you see this guy later on come out of there and put him in, into around the rest of the guys. And when he come around us, he was totally gone. He would smear, smear his feces all over his body. He would he would take and beat bang, bang uh, cups against the toilet against the, the bars, he would scream. I remember one guy climbed up on the second tier and dove head on down to the first tier trying to uh, kill the voices that, that was in his head. So they drove the guys crazy. So the, that that was the highlight telling you, okay, this is how this place is designed to break the human mind and spirit. And I, I remember that one of the highlights that was witnessed uh, was when... Uh, a young black male named Von Dortch. Uh, two racist white guards took him, drug him over to the special clinic and put him in a tub of, of scalding hot water, took one of those metal brushes and ran it down his legs until his skin peeled off down there. And this all came out into the, a class action lawsuit called Madrid versus Gomez in the United States Northern District Court. And so these, this is an induction into... The torture chamber.
0: Okay, that was part one of JB talking about some history. And I want you to know that um, he is part of this group of men that we are advocating for here at uh, California Prison Focus and who we try to highlight a lot here on Prison Focus Radio. Uh, JB has been inside for 34 years, he is now 57 years old. Um, and he has been denied parole multiple times as well. He's also suffered decades of the, sh- uh, the torture of solitary confinement. So he's experiencing a civil death. This particular class of men who uh, are now being subjected to a potential death sentence from, from COVID. As you can s- see in the news, um, um, COVID is running rampant throughout our prisons um, and just increasing exponentially inside, which we knew would happen, and many, and this is just causing so much stress and strain, not only for them inside, but their the their family members, people that love them here on the outside. So, um, I just want you to keep in mind, um, keep that in mind, um, when you're hearing these voices, and even though this is you know history, we're talking about you know starting in the '80s. There is a lot to know here, um, and I I encourage people to get on board and and educate yourselves about what's happening if you want to be good, um, strong advocates for uh, these folks. Um, You can always reach me again at uh, newbayatprisons.org. Please check out the California Prison Focus website at www.prisons.org. Check out Minister King X's uh, YouTube page at Cage Universal. Um, He is the co-director at California Prison Focus. Please check out our newspaper. Write to us at California Prison Focus, 4408 Market Street, Suite A, Oakland, California, 94608. Um, Again, uh, slavery was never abolished by the 13th Amendment. It's manifesting within our uh, prisons. And so we are now going to uh, listen to the second part of J.B. giving us some history.
4: The first manifestation of the torture was the psychological component. Then came the physical component where the guards would run around with these black gloves on and they would handcuff you and they would beat you, break your arms and all this stuff that they was doing. The outside world did not take no notice. If they did know about it, but they was, but the the abuses that, and the abusers was was cal- calculating that no one outside care. We was uh, deemed what they call the worst of the worst to be treated any way they wanted to treat us. Um, and and as you hear this recording, we're presenting to the outside world what is the best of the best as we reach out and continue to help humanity and and, and our communities and our families as we have always done before this happened to us and we would always do it as long as we live on this earth to get back. But this is what uh, they won't tell you what you're hearing today. So behind the veil of the Redwood Curtain, the torture went on for decades, 25 years for this author right here. And the way you had to combat the different ways that they could break your mind and spirit was you had to preoccupy your mind with something that was constructive, keeping you from falling into the abyss, which means you had to anchor your sanity to something uh, that you could hold on to. Um, I anchored my sanity to humanity because humanity was the light at the end of the tunnel who were willing to write and correspond with us when the rest of the world was invisible and we was being erased off of the earth according to how the snitch, parole, or die plan came in motion. So they would tell you in 88, 89, you're going up to Pelican Bay, and if you don't snitch, you don't parole and die, I mean, you're going to die. So being that the first one wasn't even a thought that uh, if you didn't have a parole date, you was really on, 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 on your deathbed. We figured that since we were going to die, well, let's die on our terms, which is unbroken, standing up as, with dignity as, as human humanity would expect. And we decided to just starve ourselves to death until either the outside world knew about it or we died on our terms. So hence came the, the California prisoner hunger strike, uh, solidarity of all races. Uh, uh, from activist perspective, we had been trying to unite uh, uh, our fellow human beings uh, in blue on, on many occasions. Some of them was not able to understand the need for that until uh, we found ourselves uh, in, that, in the death throes of the Disparole and Die uh, final stages as some has already died, uh, including a good a good uh, person I knew by Mr. Evans who appendix erupted, and they were not taken to medical care. And by the time he did get to medical care, he was, he was dead. So we had to figure out ways to be able to unite and take care of yourself. So if a person did not have uh, the financial support to go to the canteen or uh, get a, a package well well no matter what race he was uh, those who was would make sure that he had those something uh, in front of his door and it, it tripped the, the, the uh, dungeon keepers out because they, they didn't they didn't understand why would uh, black brown and, and, and white guys and I think we had one indigenous First Nation guy there. Why would they take care of each other like that? Because if we're gonna die, we're gonna die with our humanity intact and what we have left, and we're gonna try to continue to uh, care uh, even when it seems like the rest of the world has stopped caring. Fortunately for us, and I remember my first letter to prison information, Pelican Bay Information Project, uh, and I was explaining to uh, the founders of the project uh, what was going on in Pelican Bay, and, and and they came up to visit us today. You call them California Prison Focus. They came up and visited us from eighty nine, or, or for and from then all the way to present, and was there by us. And then we had uh, the good friends of uh, uh, legal uh prisoners with legal services with children, legal service for prisoners with children, and uh uh pelican bay uh uh in goma so we had uh bar none and Humboldt state university sister soul we had a various people that would write and correspond with us and through that correspondence we created what i call the portal the portal is a two-way mirror uh, uh, uh opening into our two worlds for the outside world to look inside the Pelican Bay Shoe or another the other shoe, and for us to look out into the world and realize that we're still part of humanity and need to aspire to be the best we can to be able to return to humanity. So the portal allowed us to begin a process of resisting on another level, which was our families were suffering, our extended family, communities were suffering. The people were suffering, and we needed to work together to deal with this creature that CDC had created. So, in the spirit of what they call in Africa Ubuntu, which means shared humanity, uh, we unite around that principle. And it is because of that that I believe that the agreement in hostility, which came on board in 2012, but it was all it was already. Uh, uh, because we had came to the realization that for centuries, CDC and 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 many other uh, officials in California was put, pitting prisoners against prisoners, and they came to a highlight in Corcoran, which was called the gladiator gladiator fights, where they would take and they would release uh, uh, prisoners from different ethnic, cultural, uh, racial backgrounds, whatever. And they would have them uh, uh, go out and fight while the guards sit up there and, and, and bet on bet, bet on you and then shoot you. So this was happening in Corcoran, uh between 88, 89 on uh, until they killed young 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 a young, young black male named Tate and a federal federal uh, uh, lawsuit was filed and the feds came in. But sadly, the abuses was still going on. So what we did was we wanted the world to know our humanity. Still existed, and to be able to do that was to be able to while we were starving ourselves and getting ready to die during the hunger strikes was get the message out. So in 2011, uh, July the 1st, uh, our good friends at, at all of us of none and uh, um, legal service for prisoners with children uh, came and sat down with us and we, we told them that we're getting ready to starve ourselves to death and we're signing the, uh, all the papers and stuff to, for our family and stuff. But this we'd we rather uh, do this to uh, bring to the outside world attention that we're being tortured than sit here and continue to be st- tortured until we die and the outside world didn't know what was going on. Hence began the California prisoner hunger strike. It started July the 1st, 2011. Uh, CDC promised uh, us uh, in July... Uh, the twentieth, that they would they would uh, uh, meet our five core uh, uh, demands, which was to stop the torture, solitary confinement, stop the debriefing, uh, 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 which was trying to break people and make them become state informants and snitches. Uh, stop stop denying us access to natural sunlight, to uh, uh, food to keep us alive. Uh, uh, and to start providing us with programming so we'd be able to uh, sh- show the, the board and whoever else that we are eligible and been eligible, suitable for a release, a home to our families. So they were denying us that because they had a no-parole policy uh, for all those decades that we could have been going home if they would have just allowed it. I remember in 91, I, I filed a grievance saying that, hey, j- can, may I uh, go and and, uh, sign up for a correspondence educational program, and they said, no, you denied for security reasons, and this was just to sign up for a uh, a college correspondence, and for them to deny me that in 91, that, that, that tells you that they really had no interest in seeing you meet the suitability for parole, so they wanted to make sure that you didn't have this and all that time, they would try to put all the false negative reports they could think of and write up inside of your files and stuff. And so you never had a chance to put nothing positive in there because they was doing that. Well, I, I, snuck, I snuck around them, and I figured out a way. It took me approximately uh, 16 years but uh, to get me a correspondence course and enroll in college since I had already had completed my secondary education. And yet, it took all of that when the board still would not recognize us as having access to go home. So for the 25 years that I was in that torture place and all of the damage that that place did to us, we still came out and we said, thank you, humanity, for recognizing our call for you to look in, behind the veil of the redwood trees and curtains up there and see what they they were doing in that place and torturing us. Um, I'll let you think about that, and I'll make myself available for anybody who have questions. Ubuntu.
0: All right, beautiful people. That is our show. Thank you for joining me here on Prison Focus Radio at KPOO San Francisco 89.5. I want to say thank you again to KPOO uh, for providing this platform. And I want to thank all of you, the listeners, on both sides of the wall for being here and listening. Please reach out to me at newbayatprisons.org if you have anything that you would like to suggest or just tell me about. It would be great. I'd love to hear from you. Again, nube at Prisons.org. Also check out the California Prison Focus calendar. We've got great things happening there. We're doing a lot of work out here. I want to invite you to our roundtable dialogues um, that Liberate the Caged Voices puts on. Our next one will be July 25th. That is a Saturday at 11 a.m. It will be a Zoom call. Um, stay Stay safe as you can. Stay human. Really look to each other. This really is about um, reclaiming our power as the people. And we are in a wonderful position, as crazy as things are, to relearn, unlearn, and learn that this system of capitalism is no longer serving us. Everything is uncovered. We have the possibility of everything to change and, and go for what we want, a world that is about all of us, as Comrade Malik did put in, as uh, said, and also JB. Let's start listening to the voices that are actually experiencing um, these abuses so we can hear from them and we can learn to love each other better. Let's act in Ubuntu, in shared humanity. And with that, we are going to end with uh, Power by Goapele. Goa Pele. And, um, and oh, and one last thing: the San Francisco Bayview National Black Newspaper is in the middle of a fund drive with um, GoFundMe. Please go to GoFundMe.com and look for "Invest in the Bayview." Um, there is a very um, very personal. Uh, story going on with the Bayview, as you know, um, the Bayview is always looking for donations to keep the paper going. Um, Mary is experiencing some some health issues, and also um, comrade Malik is going to be getting out of prison literally within about the next six weeks to become the editor of the newspaper so we are really looking to raise funds to keep the Bayview alive not only for the community um, well for the community on both sides of the wall we know how important this newspaper is um, and also it will be uh, to keep it alive um, so that Uh, Comrade Malik actually has employment there to be the editor of the newspaper. You know how important this is for our returning community members, our returning loved ones in terms of their success for their newfound freedom. All right. Thanks so much. And stay tuned for the next program with Workweek and Steve Seltzer.